I remember when I was about 19, 19 or 20, something like that, I was coming back uh, every weekend for, uh, uh, to be home because I was in college at the Art Institute of Pittsburgh. And I remember this specific, I don't remember exactly when it was this weekend, but I remember what happened because this was a thing that impacted me specifically. And you know, maybe you've got these stories in your life of something that might seem insignificant to other people, but for you, you're like, I remember that. Um, and this is one of those for me, and it may seem insignificant, but it definitely has to do with using words that fail. Uh, we see WTF a lot to a lot, and that stands for other things uh, right now. Uh, but I think this is a better acronym, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more as we go. Um, but I remember I was going down the Kenmore leg, um, and I'm sure you all know where that 76, you know, and all that. Um, so I'm going down there, and I was on my way to church, funny enough, and, um, and I had my little sports car that I was in. I was in a 2000 Celica, and I miss that car still. And I'm going down the road, and I come up behind this, uh, this minivan that was just not going as fast as I thought she should have quite frankly. Not that I'm like that kind of driver, but for whatever reason, I was just angsty that day. And, and so I'm going and I come up behind her and I don't know, something, I was just, I was whatever, for whatever reason. But again, I'm heading to church here, right? And I come behind her and I just was like, I just used some words I shouldn't have been using. You know, just said kind of the other thing that that stands for sometimes. And, and I'm going and, and I'm, I mean, I just, you know, I'm in the car by myself and then I whip around this lady and, she, and, and I could tell that she had seen what I said in her rearview mirror. Like she could like read my lips, you know what I mean, sort of thing. Because apparently I was pretty animated and, uh, and all of that. And, and here's the thing. So I drive up, you know, as I'm, as I'm whipping around her because like for what reason, you know what I mean? And, and I'm, I'm whipping around the minivan there. And as I come up beside her, she does one of these like... <sighs> you know, like with her face. But here's the thing. She looked like somebody that I knew from church. <laughs> somebody that my parents knew. Somebody that I knew knew my parents. And somebody that was, you know, I would say an influential person at the church. Uh, but uh, turned out as I kind of got in front and looked at my rearview mirror, it wasn't her, but I thought it was. And my heart kind of sank. I'm like, oh, you know, and all that. They're going to tell my parents and da 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 and, and all this. Because I was like, as I've said before, I was like an Oscar-winning uh, Christian fake, big time. And, um, but yeah, I'm on my way to church. But, but that was also during a season where I was doing my best to try to get right with the Lord. And this was an area, my mouth, that I was still working on. But this was a significant moment for me because I remember in that moment, and I remember where I was on the highway, I remember the, the look on that lady's face, I can still see it. And, and I remember thinking after the fact and realizing, okay, I get to keep my charade up a little bit longer. You know, my parents won't find out because this lady, as far as I know, doesn't know me. I'm glad I didn't have some kind of like church bumper sticker on my car. Um, but, uh, but anyway, I remember thinking in that moment, I gotta do something about this. I gotta stop using words that fail I've, because of what it was representing and, and, and the testimony that I thought I had that could have potentially been ruined in many ways right there just because of saying something to somebody who really wasn't doing anything wrong. She just wasn't treating um, the Kenmore like, like the Autobahn like the rest of us do. Um, but she was mortified and I was too when it was all said and done, you know. Our emotions take over sometimes when things happen and, and sometimes it just feels better, if you will, to just say that word or those words. 
and I get it, but it's also a bad habit. It's also a habit, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But words matter. Our words matter. Whether they're spoken, whether they're text, whether they're yelled at other cars, whether we're in the grocery store, whether we're commenting on someone else's post on social, our words matter. How we say things can be just as important as what we say. And we live in a world where communication and our words matter more than they ever have. And as followers of Jesus, we have to remember who we reflect. And we're going to talk about that because the source of our words, the consequences for our words, the way in which we use our words for good or, and for God's glory matters. But sometimes we use words that fail. <laughs> but we're going to be in the book of uh, James today. If you have your Bibles, turn to James chapter 3. And in James chapter 3, we started looking at this last week. Uh, and we're going to kind of continue this section of James where he's talking about our words and how important they really are and the effect that they can have on things. And so a little review for you. James uh, was the half-brother of Jesus. And so as he's writing this, this is a guy that grew up with the Son of God as his older brother. So I'm sure he always said, had great things to say about his brother who was always perfect. But he actually was. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, we don't know that. I'm just assuming some things here. Um, but his brothers didn't believe in who he was until after the resurrection. And so... Once James did believe, though, we see him as an incredible leader in the church. And he's, he's, he's just an awesome leader here, and he writes this an entire book, and he spends a good amount of time talking about our words. And so we're going to pick up in verse 7 here of James chapter 3. Uh, if you want to follow along on the Bible app, uh, if you're watching online or, or whether you're here, uh, you can just search for Connect Church in Akron, Ohio on the, on the Bible app. It's free. And, uh, and you can follow along. And there are some really good practical notes here in a few minutes that I think you're potentially going to want to keep or look at. Um, and you can actually save the notes, by the way, within the Bible app to your account if you didn't know that to review back later. So let's get into it here. Uh, verse 7. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. So, you know, we figured out how to domesticate and tame all kinds of different animals from skunks to goats to tarantulas, to lizards. Um, we've got a bearded dragon in our house. It does not have wings. It does not breathe fire like most dragons. Um, but, uh, but yeah, there's, um, there's all kinds of weird animals that, that we've been able to, to tame. People have like little, little pigs as well, is what it is. Listen, we can figure all that out, but we can't tame our mouth. We can tame animals. We can, we can figure out this. We can figure out that but we've yet to figure out how to control our mouth, how to control our tongue. And we can blame our surroundings. We can blame what other people say or what other people post, but ultimately, here's the problem. It's an overflow from our heart, and it's a choice to not control our mouth because we forget about what's at stake. And I am just as guilty. This is a hard thing to do, and if you want to use acronyms, that's fine. We can use the, the acronym here, but I can think of a lot better phrases for WTF 
that that can stand for. And as believers, we should be known for words that follow. Words that follow. Words that follow Jesus. That follow Jesus' example. To be able to use words that, that show we're following his example. That show we're following Christ. What about using words that follow? What about using words that forgive? Words that forgive and uplift. We talked last week about how encouraging words can point people to Jesus and should point people to Jesus. And we see this all over scripture, words that forgive and uplift. Even in this passage, but in, in Ephesians uh, chapter four, verse 32, this is a verse that, that we've tried to memorize as a family. And, and one of these days, I'm hoping it's gonna stick for all of us. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. That's talking about our words and how we treat each other. Our words should forgive, should uplift, should encourage because our words can be bullets or seeds. We can pierce and destroy people. We can shoot them and destroy or we could plant seeds in people with words that uplift, that grow into something beautiful and productive. Let's keep reading. Verse 10. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. Anybody relate with that one? My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. James is asking some tough questions here, but he's asking the right questions. Sometimes these things are hard to hear, but they're the right questions. If we want to go back to the acronym for a second here, what about words that are filled? Words that are filled with Christ. How often are we using words that are filled with Jesus? Our words should always be filled with Christ, but we have to, because we have to consider who we are reflecting in our life. And, and if we have the habit of cursing and swearing and, and, and using maybe really critical and condescending words, look, we all struggle with these things, but words filled with Jesus are gonna have a tough time finding our vocabulary if we've got a really bad habit of cussing and swearing. A lot of times we write that piece off, don't we? You know, when we're at work or we're, we're whatever, you know, I can, I can bottle it, you know, when, when, I'm, when I'm there and then, and then I can flip the switch when, when I'm at church or whatever that might be. But those are different, right? No, no, they're not. That's not different. We're a follower of Jesus all the time, 24-7. When it comes to our words and why they matter, Here's an important realization that we all need to have today and we all need to admit. I must remember what name I represent. I must remember what name I represent in all that we say and all that we do. We represent the name of Jesus and all that I text and all that I post in all that I comment on, in all that I favorite, in all that I heart, in all that I retweet, I must remember what name I represent. And I'm gonna get real practical and real kind of specific here in a couple of minutes. Because I'm talking about how we reflect Christ. We need to be a reflection of Jesus. And this doesn't mean that the only thing that we say or the only thing that we post is scripture. It doesn't mean that every word that comes out of our mouth needs to be that. I'm not telling you to like over-spiritualize watering the lawn. That's not what I'm saying here, okay? 
I'm not talking about that. It just means that you represent Christ in everything that you do and everything that you post and everything that you don't say and everything that you don't post. You represent Christ in all of that stuff. So make sure that you're representing him in the right things when you speak and when you post. We represent his name, not our name. We represent his name. And that's not something to be taken lightly. And it's not just individually, it's collectively. We represent, you represent the body of Christ. And if we're the body of Christ, right, then you don't just represent the hand, you represent the whole body. What we say, text, or post should honor the name of Jesus. What we say, text, or post should honor the name of Jesus. Let me be first to admit that I have not always reflected Christ in everything that I've said. I, I, I haven't done that today. It's something that I'm working on. It's something we all should be working on all the time, but if we don't call it out, we're never gonna get any better at it, are we? Bearing the name of Jesus is an awesome privilege. It's an amazing privilege, but it's also a huge responsibility. With great power comes great responsibility, right? Some of you are already thinking it, so I'm just gonna say it. Think about sports teams for a minute. We've had some interesting things here this week in sports teams, but look at what some pro athletes have done to their team, to their organization, just through their words through their words that they've texted, through their words that they've posted, through their words that they've said in a microphone. Think about the damage that has been done there. Words matter. Entire teams have been decimated because somebody wouldn't keep their mouth shut. Maybe it needed to be said, but at the same time, have we even considered the cost? Think about this on an even grander scale for the kingdom of God that matters for eternity. We could have the same unfortunate effect because of the power of our words. So let me sidebar for just a quick second here. And I wanna talk about texting and social media specifically. And let me start off by saying this. I'm 100% for social media. I use social media. I'm on social media, all of those things. I'm for it. So what this is not going to be is like a dad talk and me talking about the evils of social media and all of those things. Like that's not what this is. We could talk about those things, sure. There are evils of social media, but there's evils of all kinds of different things. But let me just get practical here for a minute. This is about the responsibility that you bear and that I bear and understanding that we carry around a microphone that is attached to a loudspeaker that many millions of people have access to at all time. Yeah, I'm speaking to about 150 people in person here today, and who knows how many online right now. Could be way more. But you know what? This is just one time here right now, and you all speak publicly with your thumbs way more than I'm speaking right now every day, all the time. Think about the responsibility that we have there. Now, it's obvious Paul did not have social media back in the day, you know, and all of that. He wasn't walking around texting his letter to people, to the, you know, to the church in Ephesus or whatever. He wasn't, he wasn't doing that. He wasn't like, you know, taking a selfie, hey, with my parchment and pen, you know, hashtag writing God's word. Like, that's not what he was doing, you know what I mean? Like, that, that wasn't a thing. At the same time, I 100% believe that if Paul were alive today, you know what? He would be on TikTok, 
He would be on Insta. He would be on Facebook. He would be on Twitter. And you know why? Because I believe, I believe that Paul would have done anything to reach people with the gospel message. He said it. And he did it. He would do anything to reach people with the gospel. And we have to understand as followers of Jesus that social media, it is an instant microphone to share Christ. But it also could be an instant microphone to destroy and to destroy our testimony. Look at what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9. When I am weak with those who are weak, I share their weakness. For I want to bring the weak to Christ Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone. See that? Common ground with everyone. Doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessing. When he's talking about finding common ground with everyone, listen, if, if you think that following Jesus means that you can't be on any of those platforms or anything along those lines, that's not what we're saying. What what, what the Bible is saying is that we need to be wise in terms of how we're using them. The methods change, but the message doesn't. We can be where people are. Listen, statistically speaking, seven out of nine people are on Facebook right now. It's, it's a much broader place to reach people than church buildings, quite frankly. If I give you the statistics in the, in the Akron area, it's why we invest in social media here as a church because it's, it's a huge mouthpiece. We're, we're gonna have the opportunity to reach more people with social media, and you do too, than anything else. But you don't change the message, you don't change the doctrine, but the methods are gonna need to change. Why? Because we are doing everything we can to save some and to find common ground with everyone. They had a social climate back in biblical days, but they didn't have social media. And the difference between then is that in the social climate, it's physically around you. But for us, it's also much greater because it's digitally too. We touch more people with our words and our actions in one day today than any other generation that has ever existed in the history of the world. And that's the truth. And so are we using that for God's glory or are we using it to destroy people, to bully people, to make people feel awesome, to throw our agenda out there, to throw our political views out there? Is that really the best use of that? I mean, let's just call it what it is. I know some of this might hurt and make us squirm in our chair a little bit. Welcome to church. I'm not ashamed because we gotta say those things. Many of us speak to large groups online more frequently than our thumbs than we do with our mouths. Romans 12, 2. Paul said this, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. How? By changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. What he's not saying here by don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, he's not saying don't ever be on social media, don't ever do any of those kinds of things. It should always, always be this. What he's talking about is the heart behind that. Don't, don't follow into those things in the awful ways that those things can be used. Let's just change the way we think about them. And let's let the Holy Spirit change our thought process about them. Listen, if, if, if we took that same attitude, we wouldn't have speakers in here. We wouldn't, right? We wouldn't have instruments on stage. We wouldn't have lights. We wouldn't be online streaming right now with our services. So let's not take that to other degrees and let's not, you know, let's not place certain things on, on, on certain you know, certain expectations on certain things and not on others. 
you gotta remember that it starts in the mind. And here's a really good progression for all of us. A thought reaps an action, an action reaps a habit, and a habit reaps a lifestyle. Some of us have some bad habits with our words, whether posted or texted or spoken, that have turned into a habit, a lifestyle habit that is not glorifying God, that is not helping to push people towards Jesus. If anything, it's keeping things maybe stagnant or even pulling things, pulling people away, which is not the right way to look at it here. So let's get real for a second. Let's get real and let's talk about some practical social media ethics for just a minute. Let's look at social media ethics. Here, here's your, I've only got three, I could have more, but here's three. Here's the first one. When we post indirect gossip about someone, some of us are like, Ooh. right? You know what I'm talking about. You post something like, I just really wish people would mind their own business. Hashtag frustrated. <laughs> Listen, the person you're posting that about is probably seeing that, and you're not helping. You're stoking the fire, aren't you? You're gaslighting here. The person reading it is seeing it. They know you're talking about them, so don't air your dirty lawn. I, I hate to have to like say this, because I feel like we're all adults in here, but we sure don't act like it on social, do we? Listen, don't air your dirty laundry on social media for the world to see. All you are doing, you're trying to gather up supporters for, to protect your side of the argument. That's all you're really doing. And I've never seen anybody convinced of something differently that really matters from a social media argument. Solve the argument in person like a grown-up or call them, not on social media. And this goes for cyberbullying too, 100%. That's a thing. But you know what? That type of gossip and slander and all of that, that's for cowards. That's straight up for cowards. We have a whole lot more guts like this than we do like this. All of us do, for sure. But doing that type of thing, that is unacceptable. I'm sorry, as a Christian, we just gotta say it. That is unacceptable for us as a follower of Jesus. Here's another one. And this one will hit some of us. When we like, follow, favorite, or retweet something that doesn't represent Christ-like values. Now, when you do this, listen to me. You are automatically telling the world that you affirm these values. You're like, Jay, you're taking that way too far. No, I'm not. Because what's unsaid there, you can't determine how somebody's going to read that. And yeah, people stalk other people. Don't say that you don't. You don't look and see who liked this. Oh, did they like that? Oh, they shared that? Why are they sharing that? There's like F-bombs in that. Why are they sharing that? And automatically, people are jumping to conclusions about the stuff that you're sharing. If you've got to share something that maybe has some questionable language, at least have the decency as a follower of Jesus to like disclaimer it, right? Say like, listen, I don't agree with the language here, but the heart behind this is, is something that for whatever reason I feel really compelled to share. You could at least do that. But quite frankly, we just shouldn't do it. When you're following certain accounts that don't represent Christ-like values, don't think people don't see that. You're basically telling others that there's nothing wrong with these values. What's unsaid, there's a lot of truth to that. I would encourage you to investigate who and where things come from. Listen to me, especially young people. Investigate who and where some things come from before you like, heart, favorite, or retweet stuff. Honestly, it matters. It matters. 
And then this last one, though I could make a list of like 12 more. When we use foul language, emojis, or acronyms. This is kind of getting to the heart of this here, of some of this. But listen, just don't do it. If you're a Christian, if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, just don't do it. I mean, we see the WTF, FML, AF, LMFAO, HIJKLMNOP, all those things that we know are on there. And listen, you know what they all mean. And if you don't know what they all mean, good, don't look them up. But, but for the most part, I would say most of us in here, we know what, those, what all those things mean. And if you feel like, well, I'm not gonna spell out the whole word, so I'll just use the acronym. You know, like, you might as well say it at that point because people aren't reading it as an acronym, they're not just reading letters of the alphabet. They know what they're reading and they know what your intent is when you're putting those things in there. They're reading the actual words. Look at this verse, Ephesians 4.29. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. So if you're that person that's like, show me chapter and verse where it says don't swear, You're welcome, okay? Now, you may be like, listen, Jay, that's not a list of cuss words. Yeah, I get it. Guess what? The Bible was written, not written in English. So there was no list of cuss words that you would consider cuss words back then. Here's my point. It's the heart behind the words that matters. It's the heart behind the words that matter. It truly is. Problem's not the word, it's the heart attitude. Words that fail the Lord because words matter. Jesus said in Matthew 12, 34, from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what is overflowing from your mouth? Is it foul or abusive language? Regardless of what culture you've grown up in or what you know is foul or abusive language, you have a brain. You know what foul or abusive language is. Be honest with yourself and be honest with the Lord. No, we don't all get this right all the time but we've got to at least call it out and, and maybe start figuring out what we've got to do to make sure that we can eliminate any type of speech that does not glorify the Lord. And that's really hard. I don't get this right all the time, and I know you don't, but we've got to start working on it because it matters for eternity. And we're gonna talk more about that aspect of it next week. It matters for eternity, and we're gonna work on some things like that on this, uh, this Saturday when we have our Gospel Conversations training event that I really hope you're planning on being a part of if you can. It's all day on Saturday, free food. Travis is gonna talk about that here in a couple of minutes. But I would really encourage you, if you've got the day to be here from 9 to 3.30, to be here for that because words matter. Let me read this passage in 1 Peter that I really think kind of encapsulates a lot of what we're looking at today. And, and, and just listen and read along with me. He says this in 1 Peter 3, beginning in verse 8. Finally, all of you should be of one mind. Sympathize with each other. Love each other as brothers and sisters. Be tenderhearted and keep a humble attitude. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. That's a tough one. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do, and he will grant you his blessing. For the scriptures say... If you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. What you share, listen, what you share 
shows how you care about your faith. It's as simple as that. When you're on social, and even when you're sharing with other people in person, what you share shows how you care. And if you're just sharing filth and garbage, then it's pretty obvious where your heart lies. So the connection point today is actually a question that I want to challenge you with. Because I know today's been a little bit challenging and we hear some like, okay, I didn't think that was coming at church. But I want you to honestly ask yourself this question. Do your words fail or are they filled with Christ? Because words matter. Do your words fail or are they filled with Christ? See, if we can learn to discipline our speech, we can... We can learn to discipline our whole body. We can learn to discipline our whole body if we can learn to discipline our speech. That's what the Bible says. So we've got some work to do there. All of us have some work to do there. We need to stop using words that fail, stop using words that fool. We need to put a plan in place. Maybe you need to put a plan in place. I, 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 had, a, I had a problem, I had a habit with that that was not a good habit and that moment on the Kenmore leg really got me to go all right I got to put a plan in place here I got to figure this out because my words are failing not only me and my family but the Lord and if I'm going to be used of God if I'm going to do what God wants me to do with my life and my language is awful it's going to make it really tough maybe this is something you need to figure out maybe this is the place to start right now maybe it's deeper than that though are your words full of darkness or are they full of light? Are they words that acquit or are they words that condemn? How are your thumbs talking? Are they tender-hearted or are they speaking evil? How are you showing how much you care about the Lord in the way that you're representing him? in this huge online world where we have an opportunity like no other where you may be the only Jesus someone ever sees. Will you bow your heads with me? And as you do, I want to read a passage of scripture. And I want you to just listen. I want you to just listen to this. I would encourage you to just close your eyes Ask yourself the connection point question there. And then listen to what Paul's saying to the church in Ephesus here. And it's in Ephesians 5, 1 through 9, if you want to read it later. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person 
is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins. For the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Don't participate in these things that these people do. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Let me challenge you from this day forward that you're going to do your best to represent Christ with your words in person and online. Because words matter. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, maybe because you've heard awful words from people, maybe you've just thought that the words of God are just words of condemning and telling you everything that you're doing wrong and, and that you're not good enough, well, guess what? None of us are good enough. That's why Jesus came. So that we could be made right in God's eyes so that he could atone for our sins. That's what Easter coming up, that's what that's all about. And if you want to give your life to Jesus today, it, it begins with your heart and an overflow of your heart, the mouth speaks, your words, to accept the gift of eternal life, even now. Heavenly Father, I love you. I thank you so much for the truth of your words. I thank you that you're willing to say the hard things to us. And I pray, Lord, that all of us will be challenged by this because this is something none of us get right. God, we can never get this right. Not completely. We need you. We need your Holy Spirit, Lord. We need your Holy Spirit to guide us and, and to change us and challenge us. Lord, some of us have used words that have impacted other people negatively, maybe even negatively for eternity. Some of us have used our words online in ways that are not helping. Some of us have, have done things when it comes to what we say, what we post, what we text that, that we wish we could take back, but we can't. But Lord, you can make all things new. And Lord, you, you choose to to forgive us. You choose to push those things aside and to love us anyway. So help us to forgive and to love others, to use words that forgive, to use words that follow, not to use words that fail in so many ways. Lord, I pray if there's someone here that doesn't know you as Savior, follow, Father, that they would use words to begin to follow you. That your Holy Spirit would speak to their heart, Lord, that if they are if they're not 100% sure that maybe today would be the day, maybe they'd comment something in the chat if they're watching online, or maybe they would uh, come talk to us at the orange wall or even here down front uh, at the front of the stage uh, after to find one of us to know for sure that they're gonna be with you in heaven, Jesus. And I thank you that we can claim that promise of eternal life today. Lord, help us as we go out to remember whose name we represent, and that is the name above all names. That is the name of Jesus. And we represent your name, Lord, in everything that we say and everything that we do. And we thank you for that. God, help us to take that responsibility seriously. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.